be seated. Uh, again, thank you for coming to this service today. Um, we are going to, in various ways, honor our mothers today. I think today is a beautiful day for that. Um, I told somebody this morning, this is unusual for Wyoming, but this is called a wet weekend back in Iowa. That's what this is called, and they get a lot of this, but we, we don't, and uh, this has been beautiful. Talked to somebody this morning that says, now i got to cut my grass. I said, well, that's how it works. You know, you put all of that fertilizer on there and want it to be green and tall, and now you got to take care of it in Jesus' name. My idea was years ago, especially out here, was to just cement it. Cement it and paint it green. And that would, take care of, um, that would take care of all of that in Jesus. I'm not getting too many amens on that one, but I say, but I, I think it is. It's a good idea yet in Jesus' name. But isn't it a beautiful, beautiful spring day? Um, you know, we honor, uh, again, Mother's Day. My, um, of course, Sister Carnahan and my mothers are, have passed. Uh, my mother lived to be almost 101 years of age. And she was quite a lady, and I have fond, fond memories. In fact, we have a little device at home that keeps bringing up pictures and stuff like that. And I saw a picture of her the other day. I think it might have been the last time she came out here. And so fond memories, and I'm sure that you do too. Let me just encourage you, if your mother's still alive, you know, call her, do something, you know, um, honor her, and, um, and, and you would be greatly blessed of the Lord. The Bible does say that if we honor our parents, there's something that comes from God that will bring honor into our lives. Um, ladies, don't forget, those of you uh, mothers, before you leave today, there we have some gifts out in, in the foyer for you that we want to make sure that you get something in remembrance of this Mother's Day here in uh, the Abundant Life Church, in Jesus' name. Uh, I think I've used this before, but um, uh, Ann Jarvis is the person that's kind of uh, noted to be the one who started this whole campaign. She, her mother was, must have been quite a, a person to her, a good example, that type of thing. So back at the turn of the 19th century, she decided that we needed to do that. And it took a while for that campaign to really catch on. It really did several years. I can't think of the president. It wasn't the president that was president then, but I think it might have been the next one that signed it into law, and that's where we have it today. We honor our mothers, and I think that is a good thing. Um, I, I might be making, or not might, I will be making some reference to mothers, mothers uh, type of uh, situations in the Bible, and so um, hopefully that you can find some, some things out of that. Uh, somebody was, I think it was a good friend of mine, uh, sent me a, uh, a, a, an advertisement this morning, and he said, you know, Mother's Day is kind of like three boys, and I don't know how your family is, but sometimes the boys can get into a little bit of a... Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to do one up better than you type of business. And um, our boys have certainly been that from time to time, and I appreciate that. But the story is told about three of them that were doing real well. Their, their life was moving on pretty good. But that year they just decided we're going to do something for mom that, you know, it's going it's to it's, it's just really be the best. And so they all kind of plotted it. And so they were just thinking, man, I want to one-up my, my, uh, my brother. And so the first one bought the mother a house and, um, and, was, and was going to give it to her for, for Mother's Day. Um, and the second one bought, uh, bought a nice, beautiful Mercedes. Yeah. And said, boy, I'm going yeah, to give that to Mother. Am I giving any of you people any ideas here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe this one will work. The third one said, well, I'm going to outdo you all. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, 
I'm going to give my mother the Bible. And what I'm going to do is going to be very unique. Um, I've got this bird that I bought, and I'm, and I'm having it trained so that whatever verse that she asks, this, this, this bird will recite it. And so he thought, man, I've got this in the bag. And so about a month or so after the, um, the holiday passed, um, uh, a note came from mom and saying, um, and for the first one who bought the house, it said that, well, listen, he, she said, um, um, I'm getting old, I'm old, I can only live in one room in this house, and then I have to clean the other rooms. And so she wasn't real appreciative of that. And then the, uh, the second one with the car, she said, well, I'm blind, I can't even drive. And so it's, it's in my driveway, I can't even drive the, you know, the car. But the third one, she said, oh, thank you so much for your present, you know. And then she said, the chicken was really, really good. <laughs> So I guess the moral of that story is, is you better watch what you give to your parents. You know, you might, uh, might, have, might have the wrong idea there. But uh, nevertheless, I, I feel like um, whatever we do for our mothers can never, ever be enough. You know, that's just kind of how it works in Jesus' name. Let me give you some scripture here today that maybe will help us. And a little bit later on, in honor of our mothers here and, and our ladies here at the church, we're going to be conducting an, uh, an auction here. We've got some baskets that are out front, and uh, we're going to, um, uh, when this, this portion of the service is over, we're going to show you some of the things that, that our ladies and our mothers in this church support, and it, it's quite a list. And so I hope that you'll stick around because it's going to be a lot of fun um, in, in Jesus' name. But, but look at the book of Proverbs, and the book of Proverbs a lot of times will lend itself for just what I would consider old practical uh, wisdom and, and help us to understand that there are things that um, uh, that don't have to have a, a, a yes or no answer. They can be wise. These are the wise things. And a lot of times when it comes to wisdom, it's kind of got a little bit of a delayed action. You know, there are certain things that we do in life that will have immediate um, results. I mean, that's just the way it is. But uh, some things, and especially the things that you find in the book of Proverbs, a lot of times they kind of have what I call the delayed plan. And they will come, you know, there's no question about it, but sometimes it will take a while, praise God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 1, chapter number 1, and in verse number 7, the scripture says there, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And that's kind of an across-the-board situation. But then it says in verse number 8, it says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. The word law there, in some interpretations, uh, refers to teaching. And we understand that a lot of times the mother in the home, you know, is the one that's doing a lot of that. Not that the fathers don't. It's just that usually sometimes because of the roles and stuff like that, that the mother, you know, can spend those developmental years with that child and, and, um, and, and things can begin to happen. And then the scripture gives us some advice. It says, my son, here, it says, um, it says for, they are, are they, for they shall be an ornament of grace upon thy head and chains about thy neck. And so there are there's some things that happen, praise God, with godly mothers, and, and there's no question about it that um, many of us uh, have experienced that in, in many different ways, and that's why it's, it's, a, um, it's a beautiful thing. I'm thinking of, in, in the New Testament, uh, a man named Timothy, and Timothy is, is um, you know, became kind of the protege of, of Paul, 
and um, his son in the Lord, that type of thing. But um, a lot of the things that Paul was able to teach this young man, you know, uh, were developed in his earlier years. Let me, let me see, let me show you this. Look at 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter number, I believe it's chapter number 1. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Um, and again, this is Paul. He's talking to this young man, and he's trying to give him not only advice, but he's trying to help him to see things clear from the perspective of God. And he says, I thank God in verse number 3, 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 3. It says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers day, night and day. So Timothy became a person that Paul you know, he could think about and say, you know, I've done a couple of things right. You know, a few things are working in my life. And I'm not trying to be so negative today, but sometimes that's what we think. Sometimes we think, my goodness, you know, I've done all of this and I've done that. And, and it just doesn't seem like, you know, it's, it's showing any fruit and that type of thing. Well, you know, we have to be careful sometimes that, that we can see the things that God has put. But look at verse number four. He says, and this is Paul again, he says, greatly desiring to see thee being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. This is Paul. It says, when I call to remembrance. Everybody say remember. It says, the unfeigned or the genuine faith. It says, that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. See, do you see? This didn't come by osmosis. This came because he was around people that emanated this. And so this is what sometimes we get the delayed action of. Sometimes we wonder, you know, is what we're doing living for God or, or having that kind of influence on people's lives, is it really, really, really doing any good? But I assure you, you know, uh, from the standpoint of God, that those seeds are being sown. Amen. What does the Bible say? Train up a child in the way that they should go. And then when they're old, they will not depart. You know, a lot of times people misquote or misunderstand that scripture. They feel like, well, if you raise a child in the ways of God, there's no way that anything bad or they'll walk away from the Lord. And that's not what that means. What that means is that the things that we do for the Lord and the impacts that we make for him never leave them. I don't care. I have sat um, across the table um, many, many times um, in the, when I had the, when the jail ministry when I was responsible for that. And I've talked to men. Uh, some of them were young. Some of them were old. I mean, some of them had quite a few years on. And I can't tell you how many times the conversation would turn to something like a godly mother or a godly father that they had in their life. And they never forgot that. And so I want to assure you that's the, that's the way it works with the things of God. That God allows us to become a part of his system that will never end. Praise God. And I understand that, you know, because we don't get the results or the fast results that we want sometimes, you know, we can, we can feel the guilty or the thing isn't working and that type of thing. But I want to assure you, praise God, it is in Jesus' name. There's people in this room right now and those that are on the Internet with us right now that you've been sowing seeds into your children. You've been sowing seeds into areas of your life. And I want to assure you, praise God, the Bible says that the word of God never returns void. You know what that means? Literally what that means is that the Word of God will have, have, have its due um, a day. Amen. Now, it doesn't mean that because it's being preached and it's being shown and all of that business that, that people, you know, they can't resist that. You've got to understand, God gave you and I a free will. That's, that's, the, that's the deal down here. Sometimes I 
disagree with that just like you do. But the point of it is God gives every person that opportunity to make up their own mind. But influence is, is a powerful thing. In fact, if you study the word grace, which you should, I, I do all the time, grace is a tremendous thing. The Bible says that the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all people. Amen. And then it talks about the fact that grace has the ability to teach us things. And I won't go into that in detail right now, but the point of it is, is that a lot of what grace teaches us has comes by the way of influence. That all we're doing is influencing people. And hopefully, hopefully God is influencing us. That we recognize, praise God, that no matter what's going on in life, you know, this part of life, our, our, our life down here, you know, is going to have its end. Someday you and I are going to check out, and that's not being negative, that's just how it works, praise God. But we understand that there's a greater thing waiting for us. Come on, you and I must understand that there's times that we even need to take a, maybe an hour or so and dwell on that, praise God, that God is, is, is helping us, praise God, to realize that, you know, that, that, um, that we, we, you and I are, are going to be very, very fortunate people in Jesus' name. In fact, I tell you right now, I want you just to lift up your hands right now, and I want you to, to just ask the Lord to bring that remembrance back to you right now. Come on, there's several of you in here that I'm telling you right now that the Lord wants to help you in the name of Jesus. That God wants to help you in the name of Jesus to bring that memory back. Come on. Maybe you've been shot down a few times. Maybe it's, you know, you're not seeing much fruit. Maybe it's like the, the grass out here in, in, in the end of August and maybe it doesn't look too good. But I want you to understand there's a rainy, wet weekend, praise God, in your life right now and God is doing some things, praise God. In fact, why don't you turn that shame right now and that disappointment into a prayer of faith right now? Why don't you just call upon the Lord for their name right now? Why don't you go ahead and say, God, you're going to touch them, you're going to strengthen them. Oh, yes, you are, Lord God, and your word is going to have that free course in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 Jesus. And Lord God, I do, I, I do believe that you, Lord God, are going to do that right now. You are renewing that in someone's mind right now. You are renewing that in their mind right now in Jesus' name. And I give you praise and I give you glory in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. Um, I've told this story in the past, and if, I, and if you've heard this story, uh, forgive me, uh, but I, I feel like it really does um, sometimes um, accentuate what we need to consider, praise God. And this is actually something that I, that, that's true. This is not something that I made up or that type of thing. This actually happened. But listen to this. The man's name was Peter Richley, Richley. And in the year 1820, the ship he was traveling on sank. You know, ship or uh, a boat travel back then was, was a lot, and so he was on a ship that sank, and he was rescued. But the, um, you know, and, and the ship that he was rescued on also sank. And this happened again a third time. Make you kind of think, well, I don't know if I want you to pull me out of the water or not, you know. And a fourth time. And even the fifth ship. Now get this, this is five times now. This guy you know, ended up on a ship that sank, you know, and he got, you know, um, and, and he floated on a piece of the fifth ship, and he floated with the confidence that God did not want him to die. By then, he's thinking, you know, something's keeping this thing all together in my life. And finally, um, uh, uh, the sixth ship, it's called the Ocean Liner, the city of Leeds, an English ship that was bound from England to Australia, picked Peter up. 
And he was hoisted abroad and given dry clothing. Well, the ship's doctor gave him an exam and pronounced him fit, and he asked him a a very unusual favor. And so, um, you know, how are you going to argue with that? You know, I've been rescued. I'll, I'll do anything you say. And so the favor went like this. The doctor said, there's a lady on board. And she booked the passage to Australia, and she's looking for her son, who disappeared years ago. And she's dying, and she's asking to see her son. And now she knows everyone on board, and since you're a newcomer, would you pretend to be her son? Would you pretend just to go down there, and and she's delirious, she's very, very sick, she doesn't really know what's going on around her, and so I'm just asking you to go down there and just pretend to be her son. Bring a little comfort to this lady. Well, Peter agreed, and since after all the, you know, that happened to him in the five times that he was lost. I mean, how could, he, how could he argue with that? And so he goes and he follows this doctor down below deck and he enters a cabin to see a small bed with a frail silver-haired lady. And she was obviously suffering from a high fever, but she was crying out, Please, God, please, God, let me see my son before I die. I must see my son. This was her only request. She was dying, and she knew she was dying, but that was the request that she wanted. Well, the ship's doctor gently pushed the young man towards the bed, but soon it was Peter Richley that literally began to sob because laying there on the bed was the reason that he couldn't die. For laying on that bed was none other than Sarah Richley who had prayed for 10 years to be reconciled to her son, Peter. Now you think about that. Think about what God can do in your life right now. And the ship's doctor stood in amazement as the young man fell and embraced the sick woman. And, the man, and, and Peter began to call out, I'm here, Mom, it's me. With, within days, the fever subsided and his mother awoke to find a prayer answer. I guess the moral of this story, praise God, is never. Listen, I'm talking to somebody here today. Never, ever underestimate the prayer of anyone, a mother. It doesn't make any difference. I'm here to tell you God hears those prayers. That's what he's doing. Listen to me. I've been living for God for for a while now. I'm not an expert. I've just got some experience, okay? But one of the things that never ceases to amaze me with the devil is that he never tells me not to do the things of God that I know. He doesn't. You know, for instance, in prayer, he never tells me not to pray. I've never heard him say that for years. But I will tell you that I see his influence in my life from time to time that wants to tell me to do it tomorrow. And so you and I must recognize that one of the, one of the, the cards that the devil will play on your life and in my life from time to time is that card of discouragement. It really isn't making a difference. You're not doing any good. God doesn't hear those prayers. Come on, I believe I'm talking to somebody here today that God wants to raise out of the ruins, praise God, and he wants to help you to understand you still got a tremendous purpose in your life. And God, I mean, I'm not saying that your son or your daughter is going to sink on a ship five or six times, but I'm here to tell you no matter where they're at right now, praise God, God has got a way that he's going to reach them. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, 
He is reaching them through your prayers. And what God wants to encourage you, not only as a lady, but as a man today, is don't give up, praise God. Don't give up on those prayers because I'm here to tell you that God knows how to orchestrate things in people's lives in Jesus' name. Come on, does anybody want to stand right now? And you want to just honor that right now and go ahead and lift up both of those hands in the name of Jesus? Come on, I'll tell you right now, God is able. Oh, He is able to do some tremendous things in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, I'm telling you, the Lord right now is in this place anointing somebody's prayers again. Come on, he's telling you not to give up. He's telling you it's not over, praise God. I'm telling you there's some prodigals that are going to come home. Praise God. There's some prodigals that are headed down that pathway in the name of Jesus. Come on, can you feel that? Can you feel the love of God in the name of Jesus? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's the love of God, by the way. That's the love of God that is shed abroad in your heart through the Holy Ghost. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God. That's what God is doing in the name of Jesus. That's what God is doing. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Let me bring it out further. You know, we talk about this idea of influence and we talk about this idea that, that God wants to use us, you know, in those areas, praise God. Well, the scripture talks about this, you know, when it talks about a virtuous woman. Let me show you this. Again, I want, I'm going to turn your attention to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, and I'm sure some of you have heard this before or, 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 or seen this in, in, in some other uh, uh, illustrations and that type of thing. But today, I want to I use this today to help somebody understand that your influence really does count in the name of Jesus. The, the, the author or one of the authors of Proverbs in, verse, in chapter 31, he asked the question in verse number 10. Amen. Verse number 10 there. It says, um, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies, praise God. And the word virtuous there just simply means a, a woman of strength. And, 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 and uh, you know, the scripture teaches us in the book of Ephesians that we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So we understand that God's strength is available to us on a regular basis. It doesn't make any difference what day it is. See, one of the things that, we, that, 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 that can kind of cloud the issue from time to time is that we think because of how things are going in our life, that affects God. And you must understand, God doesn't have a bad day. God is not down. He's faithful. He's doing things all the time in the name of Jesus. And so if you're here today and you, and, and you, and you feel like, man, I, I don't know if I can go on. I don't know if I can do this much longer. I, you, the good news is you don't have to do it by yourself. Come on, you can begin to implore. You can begin to invite his help into your life on a regular basis. And in my opinion, that's the description of a virtuous woman. It's not somebody who has everything going right in their life. It's not talking about somebody who has had all the breaks and, and, and all of the things in their life has just went, you know, perfect and that type of thing. I believe that a virtuous woman, in my opinion, is somebody who has found the strength of God that they can, they can tap into on a regular basis in Jesus' name. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to help you to understand that his strength is what can sustain you. It's his strength that can do, you know, anything, praise God. In fact, the Bible says with God, all things are possible. Amen. So you look at the thing in your life right now that maybe will seem impossible, and God today wants to restore the possibility of that. Right here, right here in this place. And he's saying that through his strength, 
through his ability. And <clears throat> that's why allowing the Lord to influence us, allowing God to, you know, to bring things into our lives that we know that only he can do. Praise God. Amen. You know, um, uh, I was studying last night. I was on, on a whole different subject, but the scripture talks about the fact that, um, um, that you know, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then the Bible says to put on the whole armor, praise God. And I was studying kind of the, the, um, um, the, the Greek meaning of that and all of those words, and I know you can get lost in that type of thing, but literally what the meaning of that is to put on the whole armor of God. You know what that literally means? That means to put it on once and for all. That's what that means. And so many of you, you know what this is talking about. You're to, you, you understand the fact that there's no way that you can do this by yourself. Well, what I'm asking you to consider to do today is to put the armor of God on again once and for all. And make that commitment to the Lord that I'm not going to face these things by myself anymore. I'm not going to allow the influence of the world or disappointment or the up and down ebb and flows of life, praise God, to predict what's going to happen. That I'm going to tap into a source, praise God, today that is going to become my strength from now and forevermore in the name of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that is available for you in Jesus' name. Because watch this. Look at, um, look at Proverbs 31, and I'm not going to read all of this. I just want to highlight some things. But the scripture says in verse 30, or chapter 31 of Proverbs in verse 21. Now again, it's talking about this virtuous woman. It's talking about this person who's strong, praise God. And I believe that's what the Lord wants. He doesn't want perfection. He doesn't want you to never feel like you never can make a mistake anymore. What he wants you to understand is that you can find strength in him for any and every day of your life. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Really, 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 you know, pushing this through some veneer in Jesus' name. And the scripture says she is not afraid of the snow for her household. She's, it says, for all her household are clothed with scarlet, the best. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sitteth among the elders of the land, she maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto, uh, unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing. Do you see that in verse 25? That's what I'm talking about. And the scripture says, and she shall rejoice in time to come. And the Bible says, she openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Look at what God strengthens her to become. And this is what you and I must take, you know, take into consideration, praise God. You know, the world has its own set of rules. The world has its own, you know, curriculum. The world has its own way of introducing certain things. But I'm here to tell you, praise God, God has got a way that he wants to bring into your life that will make the most profound effect for this, for, for eternity in Jesus' name. And so the scripture says there in verse 27, the Bible says, she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up in verse 28 and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously well, but thou excelleth them all. And look at verse number 30. This is, this is what the world looks at, my friend. It says, favor is deceitful. Praise God. But it says, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord. So you see, this is the thing that, that can bring back and help us to tap into that strength on a regular basis. Now understand, 
praise God. The fear of the Lord is not talking about having, uh, you know, such a frightenness about God that you don't even want to approach him. What that fear of the Lord means is that you esteem him above everything and anything in life. Praise God. And that, in my opinion, will bring virtue and power and strength into a person's life. That's what God wants to do. I don't know if this is what you're looking for. I don't know what the world has presented to you that has failed time after time after time. But I'm here to tell you, friend, that this thing right here, this word of God, will not return void. If you'll make up your mind here today and you'll commit yourself to the fear of the Lord and the things of God, you are going to find a strength like you have never found before in the name of Jesus. That's what God wants to bring back into the picture in Jesus' name. Amen. And God is the one that can straighten out those priorities. That's what he can do. I'm thinking today, you know, um, a, year, a couple of years ago, my wife took on a project, and it was um, quite an involved project. She was at it for, I don't know how long it was. It was weeks, and I think it went into months. And what she wanted to do was she wanted to, 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 to give our, our children, our three children, she, she wanted to bring them memories. And, of course, over the years, and you've got you to understand, this is 40-some years that we're, we're talking about. And so she uh, began to accrue the pictures, and, boy, she had to search all of this stuff. And I mean to tell you, it was pretty tedious on her part. But uh, I'll never forget the end, uh, the, the end uh, uh, project or what she came up with. And that was three books. She made three books that were specifically made to each one of our children. Our children are five years apart. So, you know, some, some of the memories that, that one child has, the other child might not. So she in these books put these pictures and I'll never forget, you know, um, I, I didn't see all of their, react, their initial reaction, but I did see my, my um, oldest son's reaction when she gave him the book. And it was just like a typical guy. You know how that is when you open up the Christmas morning and, and there's a pair of socks there? You know, really don't mean much to you, but, you know, somebody just doesn't want your feet to freeze, right? You know, that type of thing. Well, it kind of reminded me of that, you know. But I'm going to tell you something. I'll never, uh, here just recently, I heard him talking about that book. And more in particularly, I heard his children talking about that book. And it is, it's an awesome thing, praise God, and the memories that that brought back, amen. And so, you know, you just never know what's going to be the trigger, what's going to be the thing that really is going to, going to help somebody to really begin to see, you know, what the Lord has done and how God has done that. You know, God might be dealing with you right now to bring back a memory, praise God, of something. You know, maybe it was an event, maybe it was a church time, maybe it was something. You know, I reminded my son here not too long ago of the night that, or I guess it was the day service that he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'll never forget that. He was up at camp on the boulder. And him and his friend, Ralphie Reed, were there. And, and they were, a, in my opinion, my opinion, they were a million miles away from God. I didn't see anything I didn't see anything in their life that indicated that they were even remotely interested. But all of a sudden in a service, praise God, God began to move. And I'll never forget that. I mean it wasn't just them, it was the whole place. It was one of those services that usually happened all the time or, or many times up at the camp. And all of a sudden I looked at my son and his friend, and they were up in the front of that room, and they were speaking in other tongues, and they were dancing to the Lord. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You never know what God is going to do and when he's going to do it and how he's going to do it. 
And that's why you and I must be satisfied in his strength, praise God, that he's going to bring something up. He's going to help you to bring that up, praise God, and to help you to do the thing that he wants to do, praise God. In the book of Isaiah, you know, I'm just about through here. The book of Isaiah is a tremendously prophetic book. It really is. It prophesies about a lot of things. Many of you will recall the prophecy about Jesus, for unto us a son is given, you know, and that type of thing. And, and that's, that's out of Isaiah, you know, and Isaiah was prophesying these things and, 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 and foretelling. You've got to understand, you know, that's 700 years before the time of Christ. And here's Isaiah, he's prophesying about the coming of the, of the, of the Savior. But amongst, the, not only that, but there are tremendous things that are prophesied about the church. And this is what I want to leave you with. In the, in the New Testament, I think it's in the book of Galatians, it talks about the fact that Jerusalem from on high is the mother of us all. And I'm not going to go into all of the implications of that, but what it refers to is the fact that God is our Father. Can you say amen? amen. There's only one Father. There's no, no question about it. You and I don't have any other. We don't have any other place to go. And sometimes the thing that clouds the, you know, the, the view of God is the earthly Father that we had. And sometimes we relate you know, our Father on high about that. And, and that is one thing that you and I have to get over. Because our God, our Father, is not like that. He's a loving God. He cares for you and that type of thing. But the scripture refers to the fact that the church, and that's us down here. I'm talking about the New Testament church that Jesus Christ said that he was building, praise God, literally becomes the incubator. That's what really happens. And that's why it refers to that. And let me, let me show you this prophecy in Isaiah chapter number 2, okay? Look at chapter number 2 and verse number 1. Isaiah, it says, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Everybody say Jerusalem. It says, and it shall come to pass in the last days. Do you see that? It says that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. And it says, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. Now, as, as you, if you understand anything about prophecy, a lot of times prophecy will have two, three, maybe sometimes four different meanings. It really will. And time will fulfill that. Usually in prophecy, there's an immediate prophecy that comes forth, okay? But then there's some, sometimes a delayed action. And this is, what I'm referring to here this morning is a delayed action. And I'm talking about the mother of us all. I'm talking about the church. Now listen, I'm not taking away from any honor of our ladies today, our mothers. I, God bless you. You are an, uh, an absolute important part of this whole equation. You really are. And don't ever let the world tell you that you're not. Don't. Because the, the influence of a mother is very special. There's no question about it. And you know, I found time in the church that because people have had a bad relationship or maybe some kind of a disappointing relationship with a biological parent, that the church a lot of times will step in. And we will become sometimes the surrogate mother or the, or the, or the, the one that stands in, the, in that place. And so I want to help somebody understand, praise God, that your influence is not done. 
that there's going to come a time when things are going to start flowing into Jerusalem, which in this instance today I'm talking about represents the church. And so you expect it in Jesus' name. And the Bible says in verse number 3, it says, And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the, of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now, if you go with me to the book of Galatians, and I'm just about done here, I'm just about done. The book of Galatians in the New Testament, it makes reference to this. And this is going to be my final point here today, that God is not through, praise God. He's still going to have, you know, an influence. And you still can be that strong influence with the strength of the Lord in your life. But in chapter number four, Paul is really, he's trying, he's, he's pleading with the church. He said, don't go back to your old ways. And in a nutshell, he's basically saying, the law couldn't do it for you. Now, he wasn't doing away with the law. He was just saying, if you've got confidence in the law, you're going to be very disappointed. And then he, he tells a story. The word that's used there is an allegory. And the word allegory literally means a story to reveal hidden meaning or truth. That's why they're told. It's not because they're trying to make something up. They're just trying to bring something that maybe you never saw before to the forefront so that you'll see it now. And in reality, before I quit here today, that's really my prayer today. I'm not trying to, um, you know, dazzle you or impress you or anything like that. What I'm really trying to do is trying to bring a hidden truth that some of you have in your life right now that needs to come back to the forefront. And I'm going to tell you something. God wants to use you. He wants to bring a strong influence in your life that will help people to come back to the church in Jesus' name. And I feel that. I feel that here today, representative. But in this story, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but in, in, in chapter number 4 of Galatians, verses 19 through, through 31, you can read that story. That's what he talks about. And, it, and the story that he gives is the story in the Old Testament of, um, uh, of, um, of Isaiah. Is it I, not Isaiah, but what's uh, Abraham Isaac. Okay, Isaac. And how Isaac had two children. Now, he had more than that, but, but the bottom line, he had, he, had, he had children, praise God. And the idea of it is, is that um, he had one child that was with a bondmaiden. And you understand that, Hagar. And if you'll study history, you're going to find out that the, the legacy of that has been a thorn in the side of, of Israel. And I'm not here to throw that in his face. I'm just saying because he, 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 he did not trust the Lord, praise God, you know, there were some ramifications of that. But the scripture says that he had another child that was the promised child. And this is the one that I want you to concentrate on today. God has made you a promise. God has told you that he's going to do some things. And what I'm doing here today for the, for the last couple of minutes here is I'm stirring up that promise that's in your life. That God is going to bring those people, those children back. That God is going to keep dealing with them in the name of Jesus. And that's where he talks about this in Galatians chapter number 4. He says in verse 24, it says, Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sion, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. And we understand that Mount Sinai represents the law. That's where the children of Israel went. <coughs> that's where they went after they were, were, were set free from, from Egypt. 
But the Bible says, For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is. Do you see that? And the scripture says, And is in bondage with her children. But everybody say, but. Come on, and this is why I want to set somebody free, because you're not Mount Sinai. Now, I'm not saying the law doesn't mean anything to you, but you are Jerusalem. That's what you represent. And the Bible says in verse number 26, but Jerusalem, which is above, is free. And the Bible says, which is the mother of us all. And that's why, the, you know, God wants to restore that incubator type of environment back into the church, praise God, where we can be strengthened in the Lord, where we can have his power, when we can understand that the devil has been defeated because of the power and the work of Almighty God. Can somebody say amen? And you can go on and you can rest assured that those promises that God gave to you are going to come to pass in Jesus' name. And you're just going to, I mean to tell you, you just keep on, not just hanging on, but you keep on believing the Lord and keep praying those prayers. And I'm going to tell you something, you're going to see the results in the name of Jesus. Now, come on, is there somebody in here right now that you want to have some of your dreams restored? I want you to stand up and we're going to pray for you right now. Come on, I believe that God is going to restore some dreams in here in the next few minutes. Come on, right here today. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, they're not lost. Come on, they're not lost by any means in Jesus' name. God is going to restore those dreams right now. That's what He's going to do. In the name of Jesus. Come on, you go ahead. Just open up your hearts. Let the Lord begin to flow something like He said He would do into Jerusalem right now. Come on, let's take a couple of minutes and let's let that happen. Come on, let's let something flow into our lives. In the name